Well, hello, everybody. I am here with Dalton Crabtree, my very good friend. Um, and this is another episode of the Thursday Thinkers on our podcast, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. I'm so excited to share some time today with Dalton. Um, Dalton is kind of a young guy, but he is very motivated. And I think that you're going to catch a lot of different clues from him as he shares his story with you. So, Dalton, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to just share your story with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So um, for those of you listening, Dalton and I got to know each other through a networking group, and um, Dalton is a very fun guy. I think that's a huge key to his success because, let's face it, there's no need to live a boring life, even when you're doing business. So Dalton, share with us a little bit about your journey, kind of where you started and where you are now and how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. So out of high school, I started for a wireless cell phone provider as a service and repair technician, kind of helping people out with their issues in a part-time role. Kind of quickly decided that working part-time wasn't going to be for me, so I wanted to figure out what I could do to get into a full-time role. And within that, it was essentially develop some sales skills and become a sales representative. So I did that and did that for a couple of years with the company, worked my way essentially into a manager role for all three locations that we had. So I was supervising 12 people. Shortly after I did that, my boss decided that he was actually going to retire himself and sell his franchise to a larger corporation. So my role as a manager was dissolved seeing that the acquiring firm already had those positions filled. So I was faced with the decision to either take a demotion or see about doing something else. I thought it was a pretty good time as a finance student in college to explore other opportunities relevant to what I would like to do for a career. And I ended up going to a local insurance agent as her office manager and sales representative role. So a little bit of a hybrid role working in the office for her as well as doing some outside sales. She also took a promotion after several years of working for her um, within the company. So she sold her agency to another agent, which again put me in that same position. Mm -hmm. So quickly after that, I didn't want to face unemployment for too long. So I had a connection I made through my university that had offered an outside sales role. I had taken that position and worked with them for just several months kind of saw some red flags within the company and decided that, hey, this isn't going to mean me for a long time. I'm not going to build a career here. What can I do? Take a step back. Where can I go? I had reached out to one of my personal connections back in the insurance industry, but on the business claims side, he had worked uh-huh. in claims for several several years, um, with several different organizations, and always said that if I ever wanted or needed a connection, reach out to him. Shot him a quick quick LinkedIn message. He said, absolutely, I'd love to help you out before I refer you to any outside company. We actually have some positions open. I'd love for you to apply. So I filled out an application on their company website, went through the interview process with a couple of assistant vice presidents in the commercial claims department, and eventually got the job. And now I am currently a commercial claims representative working out of my house. Awesome. So, you know, I just in that brief story, the power of connections. So can you speak to us for just a minute about, um, because I think a lot of people struggle sometimes with this idea of networking. 
Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how networking has helped you? Absolutely. I believe networking is probably one of the most powerful and unique skills that anybody can possess, um, especially myself being a younger business professional, being able to understand that um, kind of stealing a BNI philosophy. It's more about farming than it is hunting and gathering all the time. Building and nurturing relationships in your professional or in your personal life may pay you out a dividend five, ten years down the road, five, ten days down the road. Um, and it's definitely worth doing not only from a personal gain aspect, but also from what you can do to reciprocate. You know, you're helping this person, they're helping you in some facet. I think being able to take that networking skill and know who's in your contact sphere, who do you meet with on a weekly basis, what do people in your family and friend networks do, how can you help them, how could they potentially help you, and always keeping that in mind has been very good to me as I've progressed through my career because I've never been afraid to pick up the phone and call you, Michelle, for any questions that I might have yeah. um, or call anyone else from our BNI group or call anyone from my friends and family group that I know have a professional or a personal connection that might assist me. And then I always leave it open to reciprocate if there's any a question or comment thought concerns you want another set of eyes on it, I'll gladly set time out of my day and help you out. I think that's really the power of networking um, that I found success with. Yeah, so it really goes beyond, you know, a lot of people think that networking is having a, a large group of people that you're connected to so that you can, you know, sell things or you can get the things that you need, but it's really a, a large connection of people that you're related to. So you have that, that connection, that relationship with them. Um, and one of the things that, that I just love about you, Dalton, is that every time I talk to you, um, you may not give me like anything specific necessarily, but just by talking to you, I feel your passion and your love of learning, um, and it gives me, you know, a higher energy. So I, I just appreciate that about you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Okay. I'm glad to help out. Yeah. So you talked to us about, let's see, one like seven different jobs that you've had. And I know that you're still a young guy. So that's a lot of transitions. Um, you know, people typically, I know now it's different than even 20 years ago. There were, were a lot less transitions in your career. Um, but these days, you know, especially there, there's going to be a lot of transitions. And so how do you handle transitions so that you can still kind of be on that, that track to be successful? I always keep an open mind when taking a transition um, and just kind of trust that it's going to essentially work out in one facet or another. Some of them of the transitions that I've made weren't super scary from going from part-time to full-time within the same organization. Okay, that's a simple transition. Mm -hmm. Just keeping the understanding that I'm going to be acquiring a new knowledge set, which is totally okay with me. Some of the transitions were a little bit more skeptical moving from industry to industry those were the ones where, you know, I kind of stepped back and was like, oh, man, you know, this is a big life change. Like, yeah, just kind of connect with myself and realize that eventually it's going to work out. It's going to be for the best in the moment. Um, and that it might not be the best for the long term, but if it's not the best for the long term, always keeping that openness that I have other options out there and I have people I can reach out to um, 
to kind of correct those transitions and just being open to talking to any and everybody um, and continuously learning, deciding through the knowledge that I've gained in life and in school, um, what some of these decisions ought to look like, when I ought to make them for the right reasons, such as personal mm -hmm. development, educational opportunity, or making them for the wrong reasons, just trying to get a bigger paycheck. So I think kind of balancing those two um, dichotomies out when looking to make a transition has helped me find success in the transitions that I've made and help my transitions be more planned than just, mm -hmm. I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, willy-nilly job uh, jumping. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, some of those transitions, like you said, they were those easy things. It's just you're in the same place, you're just doing something different. But then, you know, you had at least a couple of those where you were kind of pushed out of the nest, kind of, and, and you had to make that, that decision. Um, but I know you're, you're a calculating guy, and so you, you made the, okay, um, what's my next step in my journey, not just what's the next step to, you know, get paid. Um, and so as you were kind of going through those transitions, especially I want to key in on the fact that when you talked about that there were some transitions you made that were uh, much more difficult. So I, I got to imagine, just because we're humans, that, that transitions tend to be more difficult for people. It doesn't matter what area of life, um, but especially in this area of, of going to a new job. So um, what sort of feelings did you have when you're going through those tougher transitions, and how did you handle that? One of the feelings that I had um, typically was happiness or joy. Um, knowing that uh -huh. I'm taking a step forward in the right direction, that, hey, this is going to be a tough phase for, initial, for the at least initial maybe six months until I can develop a little bit of work and knowledge of what I'll be doing and finding comfort in my role. Um, but knowing ultimately that I'm moving towards that big career step, towards having my quote-unquote big boy job and towards mm. being able to, you know, retire nice one day and take nice vacations and all the things that I would like to do. Um, another emotion that I felt definitely was a little bit of scaredness and reservation in that, um, kind of back to my answer about happiness, just knowing that, hey, I'm jumping from a known to an unknown. And obviously, when you take a step forward, um, sometimes it's a, into a little bit of darkness, and that can be scary until you can get a little bit of light sometimes. Um, and I feel like that's been pretty normal for me, and I don't run away from that. Um, with a lot mm -hmm. of my life experiences so far, I've realized that sometimes you just have to take a leap and keep an open mind and be willing to learn, and everything will work out for you in one capacity or another. Kind of like I said, hopefully it'll be in that role with that firm. If not, then you're at least keeping an open mind and making the educated decisions to look elsewhere and to seek to better yourself in different ways that eventually are making forward progress, not stagnation or backward progress. Mm -hmm. So really, you have trained yourself over time that regardless of how you feel, go back to the plan, kind of what's next, where are we going, and how does this next decision fit in with that? Yes, I would agree with that fully. Awesome. So, um, yeah, so what is next? You know, when you're thinking ahead towards your goals, because um, you know, just in, in this part of your story that you've told us, I can tell that you're a very uh, persistent and planning kind of a guy. So what's next for you? What are your goals? Yeah, so I think my biggest overarching goal is 
to be a leader and an educator in some capacity. I've obviously gone back to the drawing board a couple different times, seeing what that plan looks like for myself personally. Um, in my current position, in order to reach that goal of being a leader and an educator, it involves me continuing my education through an insurance-based um, continuing educational group called the Institutes in which you can acquire designations towards your insurance licensing, just capsizing that you understand certain facets of the insurance industry more, such as claims or underwriting, agency management, um, reinsurance, just a lot of things very industry specific to myself, as well mm -hmm. as getting a master's degree from Boston University in their insurance management program, which takes those industry skills and helps develop the actual managerial skills, what it looks like developing a team, building a strategy, having um, symbiotic relationships with the other functional departments in an insurance company, and eventually taking that into leadership roles within my current firm, being a director, claims manager, having a team of claims representative under me, and hopefully over a certain period of time being an assistant vice president or hopefully maybe a vice president, whatever cool titles are out there um, in the next 10 to 20 years and leading a whole claims organization is definitely on my radar and something I believe I have the capacity to do. Oh, absolutely. So you're really taking it to the next level of like, let me learn as much as I possibly can so that I can give back to as many people as possible. Correct. I think taking that back to the networking question you had asked earlier, I, I believe that to be the success in networking as well. If you're doing your due diligence in your daily life, looking to gain knowledge and find different ways to better yourself, you are also gaining knowledge and finding ways that you can better the, which I think adds yeah. tremendous value to any organization and to any personal success. Absolutely. And, you know, I, so you, this new job that you have, you're, you're working from home. So um, it's very different than this goal that you're kind of shooting for. So tell us, how are you being successful in leading yourself when you, you're it? You're, you're the team. You're it. Um, how are you doing that when you're working from home? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a very big transition. And I think what has kept me motivated thus far in this role is just knowing that there are a hundred distractions within my house that can pull me away from my work and make me less effective. So I think knowing myself and just knowing that, okay, those distractions exist, I'm going to remove myself from that situation and plug myself into my work during my time. Um, and keeping engaged with coworkers, my supervisor and manager also works remote from his house out in the Boston area. So learning from him throughout the ways, some better ways to manage my desk, um, but just staying motivated and realizing that it might be 10 o'clock and super sunny, let's go to the beach because my work's always going to be there. But then I also mm -hmm. don't want to be working until 9, 10 o'clock in the evening, trying to play catch up because I decided to go to the beach in the middle of the day. So it, it's balancing dichotomies of work versus pleasure and just staying motivated to get my work done, complete my activities, build my plan out for the week as far as the claims that I'll be touching, people I need to communicate with, and staying on top of things and not letting work run my life, but I run my work life. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and honestly, the when you're looking at the keys to success, 
um, leadership especially, uh, a lot of people think, you know, leadership is about leading my team. The, I was just with John Maxwell last week in Florida, and he hit this home again. He said, listen, the the hardest thing about leadership is leading yourself. And so what a great opportunity you have to practice that very thing right now. That's awesome. So tell me, Dalton, what has made you such a learner? Because I can hear the passion for learning in your voice when you're you're talking about that. Yeah, I think my passion for learning stems from when I was just a little kid. I remember always being intrigued by books, um, probably mostly for the aesthetically pleasing covers at the time. But when I was three, four, five years old in elementary school, um, kindergarten, elementary school, uh, we had a probably an eight-foot bookcase in our home that was just filled with books that I had gotten from scholastic fairs or dollar stores or wherever I went. That was my toy. It was a new book. Most of them probably never even got open, but I think looking back at it, I was always at least intrigued to some capacity that, wow, there's always so many books out there. How can there always be different books? And kind of realizing that knowledge is limitless, and within that limitless knowledge, people are trying to communicate that down. So I've always looked at that as I developed, you know, into a working professional and, and an adult knowing that there's always going to be unlimited knowledge out there. Um, but if I maintain openness and an open mind and a willingness to learn new things in my industry, personal skills, ask people and for assistance and not being afraid to step out of my comfort zone and say, hey, I don't understand this. I don't know this. Can you show me how to do this? Which I think some people may be afraid of saying that, but personally I feel like that's an opportunity to learn and grow. As something to embrace, not want, run away from, because I think as an adult, no one's going to laugh at you like you were afraid of in school and say, oh, you don't know this. A lot of people are passionate about what they do, and they're going to be willing to take the five or ten minutes to show you what you don't know, and then that helps both of you um, build knowledge and professionalism and kind of reach some of those, those passions. So my quest for knowledge just comes from um, just kind of wanting to learn and understand as much as I humanly possibly can, um, again, for my big goal, so that way I can be an asset to somebody when they're in need, and I can have an answer or at least assist them along the way to reach the answer that they are in search of. Yeah, that's so I, as you were telling me this, I I really felt like, okay, so you went from this little kid that looked at books, that saw the power of books, um, that fell in love with learning things, and and now you know you're going after these different degrees and learning in your your profession. But then there's this um, this subtle thing that kind of popped up in it, and I just saw in my mind as you were talking about how people and relationships with people had become a different form of books to you. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, I would agree with that. Everyone, everyone has a story to tell, and I think that is one more um, idea that I have realized throughout my life, in some way, shape, or form. Um, just like with books, they come in a lot of different appearances. People do as well, um, and each person carries a story with them. And within that story, um, there's, you know, usually some advice or some skills that you can pull out, and maybe sometimes there's also an opportunity for you to plug into that story and be the solution that a person's looking for. I love that. I love just that thought of, you know, what would happen if we all went out and just saw people as books 
saw people as, you know, hey, what can I learn from this person? Um, what a different way to live life. That's awesome. So, Dalton, um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners um, about you, your journey, or, you know, just this idea of success? Anything else you'd like to share? I would say maybe as cliche as it sounds, um, just kind of stick with it and stay on the path. Um, I know sometimes the path kind of might have some broken road or might wind the curve, go up a hill, down a valley, um, but eventually it's going to be worth it staying engaged in your own success and having a clear plan of what you want to do in the short term and the long term is the best way to find the success you might be seeking, whatever that looks like. Um, again, kind of like I said with work, I like to live my life. I don't want my life to live me. Um, so I like to take that ownership in my day-to-day -day activities and see where it takes me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dalton, for, for spending time with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate the opportunity and um, you opening your arms to bring me onto your podcast. Awesome. All right. Well, as is customary on our podcast, now that we have listened to, to Dalton share his story, I'm just going to highlight two or three things that popped up. Um, there are clues here, folks, and I, I hope that you've caught the clues already. Uh, for many of you who are, are returning listeners, maybe you caught it quicker. Uh, maybe for those of you who are just joining us, I'm going to pinpoint a couple things for you because it's really, really important that you understand not only what the clues are, but also how they show up in your own life, okay? So the first thing um, I think is really prevalent in Dalton's story is this idea of specialized knowledge. So we've talked about this before, that it can come from two places. One, it can come from something that is more formal, so um, a class, a training, getting a degree, things like that. The other is more informal, which is this whole idea that we just talked about as far as people being our books, right? That you're learning from mentors, coaches, um, people who are out there doing things in life that um, you, you need to learn from. And I think Dalton's story really shares with us the importance of both of those. You know, a lot of people tend to be heavy in one area and not so much in the other, but Dalton has found a way to marry both of those specialized knowledge pieces together. Um, so his idea of, of this teach me, you know, I'm, I'm so willing to learn and networking, that's a huge part of, of what has made Dalton who he is in not only his work, but just him as a person. So learn from that. Um, and then I was choosing back and forth between number two and number three, and then I just decided, ah, just put them together. So two and three, I think, are decision and persistence. So decision, we talked about the several different transitions that, that Dalton shared um, and how he handled those transitions well. So some of them were much easier because you're in the same place, you're just doing something different, right? Um, others were a little more difficult because you're being pushed out and then you've got to find something. And during one of those transitions, Dalton found something that was uh, actually fit very well with his journey, right? But then there was another one where he found something that didn't necessarily fit and he realized, ooh, this is not the place I want to be, right? And so he had to make adjustments. 
So he did not procrastinate in making decisions. He made the decision in the best way that he could with the information he had in the moment. And, you know, that one worked out really well. The other one, not so much. But just like uh, an airplane has to make thousands of adjustments in one flight just to get to its intended destination, Dalton is making those adjustments all the time. He didn't spend a lot of time saying, oh, woe is me. Oh, my goodness, this is a job that I don't want. He just readjusted and found something else. Okay, that's really key. And persistence, of course, had a lot to do with that. So the reason why Dalton can have persistence in his journey is because he has goals. He has dreams. He has desires. He knows where he's going. So think about it this way. Most people spend more time planning their vacation than they do their life. I'm sure you know these people, right? They spend time thinking about, okay, I've got one week, maybe two weeks out of the the year that I'm going to go to Disney World. I'm going to take my family. And listen, I'm not demeaning that in any way. I'm not saying you shouldn't plan that. You absolutely should be intentional about that. And how intentional are you being about the rest of the 50 weeks of your year? See, I I think a really big clue to Dalton's success is that he has those dreams and those goals. Now, listen, he, again, this is where the adjustment part has come in, because over time he's had to make those adjustments toward his goal. And as he's getting closer and closer and closer to those goals, there's certain things that he is realizing are, um, I guess, overall values, right? So this uh, understanding of wherever I'm going, I'm going to be learning, and wherever I'm going, I'm going to be giving back to other people. Right? So he could land himself in who knows what kind of a position, and quite frankly, who knows what kind of a field, right? because he's good at that, but there are certain values that will go with him forever. So those are the three that I really picked out, specialized knowledge, decision, and persistence. So as you're going about your week, think about where are you getting your knowledge from? And, you know, because you're listening to this podcast, you can put us on the list, right? But please don't let this be your only place of knowledge, all right? Who in your life is a book to you, right? Think about it that way. And then thinking about, you know, what decisions are you making in your life and how are they adding to your success? Do you have a dream? Do you have a goal? Do you have a desire? And if you had to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being low, 10 being high, how persistent would you say that you are? Okay, so I think those three uh, kind of reflective exercises will really help you um, just to evaluate your life a little bit differently. All right. Okay, so with that, I'm going to release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week, and we'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.